On today's Off the Circle, you're going to hear from three fantastic women, one of them being me, Stephanie Daly. I'm also joined by Mel McMahon of Indie Originals and Jen Russell of Jen Daisy. Listen to indie-based entrepreneurs and business people, their experience and expertise. Have some laughs and learn along the way on this episode of Off the Circle, the Indianapolis business scene like you've never heard it before. Your hosts are Douglas Carr and Ryan Grimes. Hello again, this is Ryan Grimes from IIT Indy here on Off the Circle. We've got a full house today, and we'll start with my left. I'm Mel McMahon of Indiana Originals. We're a growing directory of Indiana-based businesses helping you shop local easier. Hi, this is Harry Howe with Howe Leadership. I work with entrepreneurs who become victims of their own success. Hi, I'm Jen Russell, owner of Jen Daisy Boutique, and my store specializes in teaching women how to dress for their body shapes and also teaching them to love themselves. I am Stephanie Daly of Fatherless Daughters, and I help women with grief after losing their dad. And you're my buddy. And I am Doug's buddy. <laughs> Doug, Doug, Go way back. Doug, 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 Doug. And of course, Doug from DK New Media. You guys know me, so I don't need to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at the ego that just walked yeah. <laughs> Wait, wait. You, you, you wondered about that? <laughs> I didn't wonder. <laughs> so this is this is a good show. This is cool. This is your idea too. It was my idea. Yeah. So tell everybody what what we're doing today. I think that you know there are some awesome women in Indianapolis, and I think that we should get our the proper exposure that we want for our businesses. I totally agree. And so I invited two kick-ass women because they kick-ass and. They're, you know, they started from, you know, having a job of their own and then kind of saying, okay, I'm going to branch out and do my own thing. And I wouldn't have asked him if I didn't admire him. So I want to hear what kind of made Mel do that. I want to hear what, I kind of know what Jen did, but I mean, I'm interested. So I think other people are going to be really interested and and inspired. And for the record, people need to know this. There was another kick-ass Jen invited to... Jen Lisak, but she couldn't make she it couldn't today. Make it. So, yeah. but uh, but yeah, we're we're uh, we're pleased to have you guys here, and it's it kind of lends itself to off the circle that we don't want this to be a boys' club either. Uh, I'm not going to let you be it. Yes, be a boys club. <laughs> yes, but you know the whole idea behind <laughs> off the circle is we want to talk about businesses and people that don't get a lot of PR that don't you know they're not always talked about. They don't have a big promotional budget in town, but they're really making a difference here locally and they're making a difference. You know, it doesn't have to be a huge difference. It could be, you know, changing 10 people's lives, but, but it's important to us. And I think those stories need to be told because we, we don't talk enough about, especially, I mean, we're going to hear about it today, but this, just the struggles, the struggles of a startup. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have, you know, I don't have a gender problem. I do have a gender problem, but that's that's just me. That's, well, I don't. Yeah, that's yeah. A totally have another day. I did, I did that podcast with Lisa Mitchell. <laughs> but but you know, specific to those problems, we want to talk about those too because personally, I think Indianapolis is not a gender friendly town, uh, and I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't um, know. 
but let's let's maybe we'll start with everybody's stories first. Yeah. So you want to you want to start us off? Go for it, Mel. Sure. Yeah. What would you like to know? What Mel, year would Mel, you like to start with? First of all, <laughs> Mel, you must have practiced your intro because you were on it. Like, well, my. <laughs> When you do kind of a gift discovery, I've learned that my gift is promotions. I am really, really good at promoting other people and their causes and their businesses. And that's kind of what led me to Indiana Originals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have a marketing and sales background. I have a development background. I'm not shy. You know, my first attention ever was in first grade for talking when I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. So I figured I should do something with that. Mm -hmm. But... You know, and some of it just, that co- it comes with practice. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been working on that for three years. How do I explain in the shortest amount of time, in the simplest sentence, what Indiana Originals is? Because when I ask my members what they think Indiana Originals is, I'll get over 200 different answers mm-hmm. because it means something different to them because they're getting a different value out of it. So for me, when I'm talking to a business owner or a consumer, I have to be able to very short and succinct say what Indiana Originals is. You've nailed it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I've do. had a lot of help, a lot of feedback. A little radio that. time too. Yes, so, some radio yeah. time, which actually I got the idea for Indiana Originals walking out of my studios on Monument Circle. Okay. It was spring of 2012. My husband and I wanted to go to dinner and we just kind of looked at each other and said, well, we really want to go someplace local. And I just said, well, how do you even know if it's local? And that's really what started the whole conversation. There wasn't a sticker. There wasn't a directory. Apps weren't as big in 2012 as they are just five years later. So there wasn't really anything out there. You had to go ask someone if it was local or if it was a chain or where it was owned. Like you had to do that research yourself. And at the time, I worked with another blog, a little closer than I do now, Naptown Buzz. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we discovered was we are really good at helping local business owners share their stories. You know, we could throw a tweet up together in a week and have a hundred people at a restaurant that couldn't seat that many. Back in the day. Yeah. You remember that? Oh yeah. Back in the day, we used to do all those things. I mean, the bacon tweet ups, I mean, all of these things. And it's like, okay, we're really good at helping local business owners. And so we're like, let's put this together and let's figure out what this is going to be. And so we launched the first website in May of 2014. And then in September of 2015, I had the opportunity to go full time with it. Uh, Because my radio stuff changed a little bit. And it's like, well, do I find another full-time job or do I just do radio part-time and see if Indiana Originals really could be something? Mm -hmm. And here we are in October of 2017 with over 200 members. And it's going strong and it's all different categories. And, you know, we just got two new ones today. I mean, you know, it's just, they just keep coming and people are understanding what we're doing. And it's more than just branding. You know, yes, we're a directory of Indiana-based businesses. Yes, we're trying to help people support local easier. But our mission is to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana by encouraging and facilitating a greater use of Indiana-based businesses. Yeah. You know, our economy is built on the backs of small businesses. They're the ones that employ the most people. And there is a direct link. There have been many studies, especially done by the group Civic Economics out east, that states there is a direct correlation between the number of small businesses in your community and the health and wellness, both physically and mentally of the community that lives there. Mm. That's interesting. And a lot of that has to do with resources. Mm -hmm. And so when we were developing Indiana originals, the more research that I was doing, the more I became passionate about really supporting and promoting Indiana original businesses. That's awesome. That's great. Mel, just uh, what would be a uh, surprising business that's a part of your 
organization, one we might not to expect to find? Yeah, good question. One of the one of the questions I get asked a lot is, you know, like, oh, do you have, you know, is it all restaurants, you know, or is it all boutiques and stuff? And it's like, you know, we have. Uh, you know, Noah's Animal Hospitals, mm-hmm. veterinarian. Mm-hmm. They they are an Indiana Originals member. But we have Water Performance Technologies that does water testing at manufacturing plants. They're an Indiana Originals member. The Tie Dye Grill in Irvington on the east mm-hmm. side. They're an Indiana Originals member. It's all over the place. Uh, what was interesting to me when we first started out was the category that grew the fastest, and that was actually professional services. Mm-hmm. So your accountants, lawyers. Uh, you know, those different kinds of service providers. And what we found out was a lot of those people left the corporate world. They understand that local business owners put three to five times more money directly back into the local economy. They understand that they donate 250% more money to local non-for-profits, the national chains and foundations, and they understand the mission of Indiana Originals. So as soon as they heard what I was doing, they're like, yep, I want in. Yep, we get it. Yep, we understand the power of a small business. And so professional services was actually the category mm. that grew fastest when I thought it was going to be food and drink. Mm. Awesome. Mm. That is. That's really awesome. You know, it, it, it makes a little bit of sense. I, I always tell people that Maybe five years ago, 90% of our business was outside the state. Like with, with agencies, you have to, you have to almost prove yourself to Indiana before you can work in Indiana. We are t- not just agencies. <laughs> not that just agencies. Yeah. And so, and now it's flipped. Now it's 90% within Indiana. And I, and I feel that like I was just driving down from art to remember they're up on the north side and, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's just a amazing, you know, the, the, the clarity of the relationship is perfect because they're right across town. I can sit there and I can go up and visit them. I can give them a call. I can, I can talk it out. Whereas someone across this, you know, this, the country, they might be having a budget meeting and deciding my fate. And I have no clue. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know anybody in there. I don't have any relationship or anything. And so I really have gravitated. And it's one of the reasons why we moved in here was we, we were tired of feeling like we were just out there. Somewhere in Indianapolis, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so we moved into the speakeasy because every single day someone walks by, you know, our office now that, you know, it's, you know, someone from a uh, venture capitalist or attorney or someone from the, we had, we had the veteran service officer from the, from the city of Indianapolis and in here the other day, you know, and, and I, I just, it's, it's amazing how much easier business is when it's local as well. And we've, we hear that from a lot of our members that Indiana has actually been a smaller percentage of their business, especially if it's a, a product category. And so that's part of the reason they're joining Indiana Originals too is because they want to let people know, hey, we're here. We're local. You can buy from us too. Yeah. Right. And so fan- fancy fortune cookie, favorite example. They distribute custom fortune cookies, some as big as a pound. Custom message, <laughs> custom decor. They're wow. phenomenal. They are they very taste good. <laughs> so good. You know, Aaron is shipping those nationwide, but people have no idea that they're located in Sector 65 right off of Benford. That's fantastic. And awesome. so she's like, I want people to know that we are here yeah. and that we're local and we can give them unique gifts for their company too, or their girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever yeah. it might be. And we had some in the tech community a while back and they took it down, but it was indie made. And yeah, it right. and it was an online right. directory. It was I think it was built by back then it was Christian Anderson, but oh, yeah. it was Studio Science. But I they took it down 
So you can't even do that anymore. So we got to we got to all be on your site. I think we're seeing. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Resurgence in small business in Indiana, I mean, especially in Indianapolis. I mean, it's you can outsource so many things now. Why would you hire someone full time to do bookkeeping or IT or marketing? Yeah. You, there's proven professionals out there that'll do it for you for you know pennies on the hour. Really, once you add up everything, it's really it makes more sense to do that. Well, you've got a convergence of events. You've got the lower cost of entry barrier coming down with the cost of, you know, software that you need to run your business. You've got the co-working spaces that have opened up that facilitate and, and provide a low cost way for people to kind of get started. So there's been a lot of things that, that have happened. And Doug, you and I like to joke about you know, the state uh, giving RFP awards to, you know, out-of-state companies yeah. and yeah. so oh, I on. I loathe that more than you know. <laughs> and so, but that only serves to draw us closer yeah. together and band together and and say we're working with our buddies here in town or Your, our girlfriends, the, shall we say. The one story that I told that was funny there was it was – it wasn't indie tourism, but it was – I think it was something to do with Indiana and tourism and, uh, Pat Coyle's a, a friend of mine. And we went over there and we were talking to him about social media. And this is like 10 years ago. So, so nobody's there. And he, Smaller was, yeah. 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 And, and, uh, so we go over there and talk to him and, and, um, and they said, well, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to talk to our, our agency, you know? And we were like, who's your agency? And they said the name. We were like, we don't recognize that name. And they said, oh, they're in Chicago. And Pat Coyle without a, without a second said, there's a Chicago in Indiana <laughs> and, and they, and they change the subject and he goes, no, no, let's go back to this. Let's, let's <laughs> you know, some more. it's a right? big deal though. You know, and yeah. Indiana ranks 21, 21st in startup activity. And so they're 11th in main street entrepreneurship and 19th in growth entrepreneurship. And this is from the Kaufman index. This was just released this morning and there are nearly 500,000 small businesses operating in Indiana today, employing 1.2 million Hoosiers, which is 45% of the state's private sector workforce. Wow. That is crazy. Wow. Those are big numbers. These businesses are important. And the more resources we can give them to be successful, the better. There's lots of different things out there, but they're all scattered. Yeah. And so another piece of Indiana Originals, besides just getting the sticker, is really helping these entrepreneurs get the resources they need to be successful. And all of our membership benefits come from member requests. So we have a free HR helpline through HR partnerships. A member can call this helpline, ask a question, get it answered for free on the phone. The only time they would be charged is if it turns into a project of some sort yeah. where they're developing training or, you know, have to come in and fire someone for you or something like that. Oh, that sounds like we have, <laughs> yeah, we have discounted really. group business insurance. Yeah, Not no, really. <laughs> no way, no way. We have discounted group business insurance. So if you're an Indian oh, Originals yeah. member, you get a lower rate than if you were just to call AIS insurance on your own. We have discounted advertising opportunities with WTTS and WIBC and Carmel Monthly and Zionsville Monthly and Lamar Outdoor Billboards. And, you know, we're giving and Indiana... And off the circle. And off the circle now. We're giving That's Indiana entrepreneurs... Right <laughs> it's a great value, too. Yeah. We're giving Indiana entrepreneurs buying power that they wouldn't have on their own. You know, a lot of times yeah. franchise owners, they have a co-op that they give into. Right. Or, you know, big national chains, they have these huge budgets as Indian entrepreneurs, we don't have those same opportunities. But if we can come together and we can collaborate, we can do so much more, not only for ourselves, but for the community. Yeah. 
And they all have to have, wear clothes. Yes. We all have no, not all, not all of our members do. If you follow our Twitter I don't feed, know. follow our Twitter feed. Is it like, may find one in is it like the red carpet? So I'm going to switch the subject. Harry <laughs> is uncomfortable. But if you need clothes, Harry. we can send them to Gen Z and get them hooked. Women's clothes, not guys' clothes, oh. but yeah. So, so, so here's Sunday. here's my question to <laughs> to the three women entrepreneurs at at the table. It, you know, I've heard each of you, you each have a lot of passion. And so my my question is, do you think it takes more passion, more grit on the part of a woman to start a business here in Indiana than than it would, you know, the average male entrepreneur? Uh, you know, it it's a it's a tough ride for anybody. But do you think it, that is especially so for women? And, and if so, in, in what way? Go ahead, Jen. I think so because like with me, I opened a boutique and, you know, most of my male friends or I left a a 13 year career in hospitality to, to, to do this. And they were like, oh, that's cute. You love clothes that, you know, it wasn't, they didn't take it seriously until, you know, we started really showing that we were making a difference and that, you know, I kind of knew what I was doing. Um, kind of, I mean, you learn along the way, but yeah, I don't think the respect is there as, as much as if it were a man opening, if they were a boutique or something, right. you know, there. So I don't know. I don't feel that way. I feel differently. I think it's easier for women to start something because we know how to get stuff done a lot quicker than men do. Men like to a lot red tape. They like all the red tape. So, so give, much give, red tape. Give us an example cuz we you know we don't have any don't self look at me either. We don't have any self awareness so you're going to have to <laughs> you know. I mean what do you I mean Harry you know what I I mean I worked at an agency and I decided that I it was I was done. It was I was done and I wasn't going to do it anymore and I said, you know, I started this group on Facebook called Fatherless Daughters in 2012 and it's grown to over 4,000 people and yeah and that's all organic growth that's too awesome. yeah yeah it's um, important to say it's organic growth <laughs> well it is important it is, it is. Like, yeah. it is very people much so. buy so much audience yes. nowadays that it yes. really is so i just kind of cut out i just knew what i wanted and i just said okay this is how i need to get here and i'm not and that's i just did it i i didn't have mm-hmm. to ask anybody anything i just kind of did it there is that dance that I think I've always said it, you know, is Jen and I, you know, worked together for five years and, and I always said, you know, when a guy enters the room, like they, he wants to command the room, whereas a woman just wants to get the job done, you know, and there is that little back and forth, you know, it's, if you get five men at a table, it's, you know, who's the dominant male and, and it, it winds up going off, off course. Because you know? they're all trying to measure something. <laughs> <laughs> ROI? <laughs> right? <It's> ROI. <laughs> Mel's like, stop. <laughs> off the Circle was brought to you by MyITND. If you're a small to medium-sized business and need assistance with networking, security, and other IT services. Contact Ryan at info at myitindy.com. Off the Circle is brought to you by DK New Media. 
DK New Media is a marketing consultancy working with some of the world's largest brands on their digital marketing and media strategies. Contact Doug at DKNewMedia.com. In my experience, it's really not gender as much as personality type. Mm-hmm. Indian Originals would truly be a hobby if my husband, who's a business analyst and project manager, wasn't right there by my side saying, you need to get some processes in place. You need to have a follow-up plan for this. Did you check on this? Did you pay this bill? You know, he's my accountability partner because I am passionate. I am heart before head. Mm -hmm. But that's the difference between a hobby and a business is a business, you're looking at financial statements, you're checking your inventory, you're following up with customers, you're putting plans in place, you're doing all of these things that make it a business. A hobby is completely different. A hobby you just do for fun. There's no accountability. Sure. You can quit at any time. And what I'm seeing with our Indiana Originals members is more of a difference in personality type than gender. I do feel that when I present Indiana Originals to a room of females, I get a quicker response and more of a response that I'm looking for because they understand the community that I'm trying to build. Right. They understand that connection. They understand how we're helping each other. And I think that resonates a little bit more, uh, mostly with females that have children. Uh, and again, it's not necessarily a gender thing. It's just, you know, what your experience is and what you're dealing with day to day. You know, I am married. I do have a two and a half year old. I joke Indiana originals is my three-year-old, you know, so I have two kids at home. (laughs) Um, and so, but I really think it's, you know, what comes first, your head or your heart and your head can keep things going because of the processes and because of that accountability. But if you don't have the heart in it, when things do get tough, it's really easy to bow out. Mm -hmm. And so I think finding those people that understand the importance of the head part, but have the heart and that passion to keep it going is what makes a business successful. So you, you guys all said a similar thing and I don't know if you realized it and, and I'll bring it up because, you know, uh, again, go back after gender and I don't like the stereotype thing because there's always overlap between people's capabilities and everything. But, but a man, you know, if, if you asked someone in India about their successful business and why did they get into business and everything else, I think you would hear a lot about profit and opportunity and marketplace and everything else. All three of you said purpose, community, uh, helping others, passion, you know, and so I, I think, you know, I think it points to a glaring difference. And I always tell people difference, not deficit, right? Right. It, glaring difference. But you guys are all purpose built businesses. And I think maybe that's why if you've got someone that's, that's, you know, a jerk, you know, basically they look, Oh, well, that's, that's so nice that you're doing that. Right. Yeah. Instead of saying, Oh, that's an amazing opportunity because that's a huge, you know, there's a huge demand for that out there. And so maybe that's part of some of the misconstruence. Is that a word? Misconstruence? It is now. It is now. <laughs> it sounded cool. Um, you know, but, you know, maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's why, you know, you know, people tend to lean in that direction is because, you know, I think of things, logic, profit, growth, you know, all of these, you know, Excel spreadsheet charts, you know, whereas, you know, you guys are really talking about changing people's lives, which is, which is a much better business proposition, by the way. <laughs> well, and I think <laughs> you know. sometimes like with me, it's hard to explain that to a man, but you know, I've had husbands come in and, you know, I always called my dressing rooms, my counseling rooms, because women tear themselves up upside Terrible. down and, yeah. you know, and then we do 
that to other women. I never want to never wanted a woman to walk out of my store crying because a stupid shirt didn't fit her the way that she thought it would. Yeah. And I've dealt with that with 13 year old girls crying hysterically in the dressing room because a pair of jeans didn't fit her. So having some husbands watch me with their wives or watch me with other women, it kind of taught them and a more awareness of what really is going on in our world. Yeah. So yeah. I think the key word you said there is awareness. You know, when you pitch an idea that is passion, most people don't even know that there's a void that right. needs to be filled. Yeah. And, you know, I often talk about, are you looking at something? Are you looking through it? Or are you looking at the bigger picture? And I think, you know, again, it goes to that personality difference. You know, it's, are you looking at the right here and right now? Or are you looking at, you know, the neighborhood or the city or the state or the world? You know, what are, what are you looking at? And often into simple conversation, you can figure out who that person is, you know, are they a bigger picture person or are they right here and right now? Yeah. Uh, Jenna, what point did you decide you were going to take this jump that you were going to take this leap? I, um, I had a very successful hotel career, um, in sales, but it was at the point I had, I was in a dressing room with my best friend and she was bawling same thing. You know, the pants didn't fit her. She had gone through a weight loss journey, had lost a lot of weight. So I was hoping that those size six pants would work. And, you know, I had shopped at other boutiques, didn't like the customer service. I felt like they were cold, um, didn't understand. And, um, when, you know, my best friend was sitting there crying, I'm like, don't you ever let a pair of jeans or pants do that to you? And I was like, that's it. And then I came up with the idea, told my husband, he was on board and then, you know, I slowly started it. But then one day when I got a $1.2 million contract back for the hotel I was working for at the time, that wasn't good. What, what do you have more? I was done. I was like, no more, no more. I'm not doing this because the passion wasn't there, but I just was like, I'm not going to work for someone else anymore to take, you know, my love away. So yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm done. So, so we can probably, the men around the table can identify with that. I'm I'm curious, Mel, what was it in your life that, you know, was the trigger of going from a hobby to a business? When I decided to launch Indiana Originals and just, you know, let's put the website up, let's see what happens. At the time, I was director of major gifts for the Salvation Army. And I quickly learned that I could not be out promoting the Salvation Army and its causes and its needs at the same time I was trying to promote this business. And I just kind of threw it out there to the universe. And I said, okay, what am I supposed to do? And long story short, I got a phone call from Emmis asking me to come back full time. And they wanted me to do a midday show on a country station in Terre Haute, but I didn't have to move. And I thought that was a pretty good deal at the time. And luckily, I did the show from my house because I was so sick while I was pregnant. I could just do my radio show and then go lay on my couch. And I just kind of tried to work out Indiana Originals. The real push for moving Indiana Originals from a hobby to a business was in September of 2015 when my boss from Terre Haute called and said, hey, we really want you to move here. Yeah. And... It actually took a little while to get that those words out of his mouth. And I'm basically like, wait, wait. So are you saying you want me like to be there every day? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> like, 
like in in the studio there in Terre Haute every day, which is an hour and a half drive from my house. I have a newborn. Right. Um, for people that know me, I, I lost a newborn before. I wasn't going to be that far away from a, you know, from my baby. And we went back and forth for about three weeks and we just could not come up with an agreement that was mutually beneficial. And so that's when my husband Lance and I said, look, we either see if Indian Originals has some legs or I go get another full-time job. And I, you know, keep in mind, I still had a newborn at home. I had no idea, well, full-time job doing what? You know, what industry am I going to go into? What am I going to put my passion into at that point. And I just, I had this nagging feeling that Indiana originals is really going to do something. And I still think that one day it's really going to do something. <laughs> I think it is doing something. <laughs> Keep those thoughts. <laughs> but, right. Yeah, yeah this We're is it. Yeah. You're finally, <laughs> you finally hit the top of the ladder. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was in September of 2015 that it really went from a hobby to a business. Okay. All right, it's your yeah. turn, Is Steph. It my turn? Yeah. What? what? <laughs> when did so? So we we understand <laughs> oh, we understand your story. <laughs> we understand your story about moving from an agency, you know, and and kind of getting tired of that, and and really wanting to change. But but your passion, why this? Why? What was the what was the reasoning and what was the opportunity that you saw behind this? Well, I started. Father, my dad passed away in two thousand nine, and um, I was. I was broken. I mean, I was completely broken and I just, I went to therapy and the therapist, um, asked me how long my dad had been gone. And I was like two years and she's like, Oh, I thought it might've been two weeks. Cause you're kind of hysterical. And I thought, okay, this isn't going to work. <laughs> 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 and so, um, I just, I grabbed the Facebook page in 2009. I just called it follows daughters. And I thought, you know, I don't know if it's going to be anything at all. I'm just going to kind of leave it just kind of there. And so when I did get back on it in 2012, I started posting and I would just, I would just post like random stuff. I mean, just like crazy stuff that came out of my head, you know, and I just, I said, I don't know what this is going to be or if it's going to be anything at all, but if you've lost your dad and you need to talk about it, I'm here to talk about it. And then so a couple of years ago, I saw when I was actually in Green Bay to see Brett Favre come back to Green Bay, I was looking at my stop. I was looking at my Facebook page and I noticed that it had gone from nothing to like 500 people. And I was like, wow, that's really kind of cool. And I'm just, you know, talking to people, getting to know some of their stories and stuff like that. But then after that, it just kind of exploded. I mean, literally overnight, it was like from 500 to 1,000 to 2,000, 3,000 people, then to 4,000 people. And I was like, this is really something, it's a need. And when I was looking for something just like what I have now, there was nothing out there that was there was a motherless daughters page, but not a fatherless daughters page. And Isn't I, that kind of hard to believe too. It was really hard to believe. I mean, I mean, really like how, how does this not exist already? Yeah. Cause yeah. not everybody likes their mom. Right. So but I mean, seriously, and it, grief affects everything in your life. It, you, we yeah. all know that we we've all lost someone and it affects 
your relationships, your financial stability. It affects your business. It affects your emotional stability. It affects your health. It affects every part of your life. And the worst part about it is feeling isolated and alone and not knowing who you can go to to talk to. And frankly, I just started answering. I would put something out there and I would just start answering questions for these women. And they have shared so much of their heart with me and so much of their story. I I mean, honestly, I consider them all part of, I mean, I call them my sisters. They're all my sisters. Yeah. And I care about each and every one of them. And they know that I'm going to be there when they have a bad day. I will be there to help them. If they, uh, they need it. I love that because, you know, almost everything that you read about, you, you know, uh, with social media today is, is, you know, how paralyzing it can be and how depressing it mm-hmm. can be. And, and I think people underestimate the amount of people that it's a refuge for them. It's, it's a, it's a lifeline to them that they wouldn't normally have, right? Mm-hmm. If we were 40 years ago, you know, 30 years ago, you would, you just, went to go see a yeah, drink. Yeah. You basically, yeah, that was it. Right. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I love just the story behind that, you know, that, that there's people that are going to a place, getting some help, it's a safe sharing place. some place. And I yeah. tell everybody, you know, I'm not a therapist. Right. I, I am not a therapist, but I have lived this for the last eight years. And I know a lot of people that have lived this grief journey and yeah. it really is a journey because it never really goes away. Yeah. It's just some days are better than other days, but <clears throat> Being able to listen to people and that I think that's really everybody's like, how do you get so many followers? I just think people want somebody to listen to them yeah. mm-hmm. and just to feel like they're connected to someone that knows exactly what they're going through and that they're not alone. I think that that is invaluable. It's been invaluable to me. It, it has literally changed my life. What would be um, some of the more frequently asked questions that uh, you respond to? How do I get through Father's Day when my dad's not here? What am I gonna what am I gonna do? I'm getting married in six weeks and my dad died two months ago and he's not here to walk me down the aisle. I'm having my first child and my dad is not here to be there for my child. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I mean, those are the kind of things I mean, it changes people's lives. You don't think about that, but it's like you know, my dad died. I have a lady that I just talked to in um, Missouri and I have people everywhere, which really kind of freaks me out too. But she's like, my dad has been gone for 40 years and I just realized that I have not processed any of this at all. And you've made me realize that I really need to go and talk to someone. And I was like, well, I hope that doesn't mean you're leaving us because, I mean, I don't want her. I care about her. She's like, no, but I really think thank you for helping me because I really need to deal with this. So how has this affected you? I, You know, you seem more fulfilled today than, you know. uh, (laughs) You've known me a long time, (laughs) Harry. You know, it, it was Jen actually the other day that said to me, she was like, you seem so much less edgy. And I was like, no, 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 wait a minute. I don't like that. I don't like that. I'm still stuff. I still got the edge, you know. And she, she said that I was just more compassionate with people and that maybe not so, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, Here, I thought it was just my friendship, but. 
It is. <laughs> Steph, had, Steph had a way of putting up a wall. And even we, I've lost my dad. Even with that together, even talking with me about it, she didn't. I mean, she didn't really share or, you know, someone who had gone through it. But she was very – she's much more warmer now. It's like she's found her calling and it's – such a nice. It's like a it's like a flower <laughs> blooming. I mean, she she's found her calling, and you know, women do need it. That's why it's a lotus because they come from the murk, and we're and we're and they rise. We're on a podcast, up. so we have to tell people. That's right. Oh, the logo is, I'm, 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 the yeah, logo is a lotus. The logo is a lotus. I'm yeah. holding up the business card. The right. theater. Did you, you all see this? Come on. Yeah. Theater yeah. of the mind. Jen, I'm I'm curious. I'm going to guess that Stephanie has been of some help to you in some way from your business standpoint. If, if so, She's my girl. What, <laughs> so maybe share with us a little how you know a, a fellow woman entrepreneur can can help. It's it's very important. Because she came in on days, not just, and it wasn't just about her buying the clothes, but she was someone that was listening to me and the words that I was saying and helping her change the way that she felt about herself and teaching her that just because you're this age doesn't mean you can't wear this or you can't wear this. This is how we do it. And then the friendship developed over time and she would just say, hey, you should do this. And I would just look at her because I think with women, sometimes with me and my industry and what I deal with, you put up you put up your wall of trust. Like you don't trust <laughs> what the other mm-hmm. person, that woman's coming to you and she wants to help me. Why does she want to help me? Yeah. You know? um, but then that kind of, I learned that I could confide in her and trust her and our friendship has just developed over that. And she rocks Jen Daisy and she, you know, promotes me when I don't even ask that of her. I mean, she's constantly my cheerleader. And, um, you know, I had, I closed my doors to my shop in July and went online only. And that was probably one of the hardest things I had to do. Um, but she was there the day I did it. And just cheering me on still. And then the next day she made me go to, or like that next week, made me go to lunch with her. And we made, <laughs> wrote out a to-do list of things oh that I needed to get done that week, you know, because she wasn't going to let me shut down. She wasn't going to let that happen. So. Mm-hmm. I did have a to-do list. We did. We went to Bluebeard and I started writing down. I was like, okay, you need to do this. You need to do this. We need to do this. And I got her here today. So I win. One of the one, one of the interesting things about you know running a business is I think the the outward facing is that you always have to show that you're you're growing and prosperous and everything else and instill this confidence in customers and everything else and I always find that it's really important to have it's really important I have my buddy Adam you know we go out we were just out last night you know but it's like every Friday we're like the two old men on the Muppets you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but every Friday we go out and, and just dump, you know, and it's, I can't do it. I, I do, you know, I share online, you know, I'm transparent there, but not to the extent of some of the frustration of a, you know, you can't talk about a, a client that's laid on a bill or you can't talk about, you know, in a, a subcontractor issue that you're having or, or something. But, but I, I, I almost feel like that's a prerequisite for anybody that has a business is don't, don't try to do this alone. Don't. Oh God, don't. No, no. Yeah. you'll fail you, alone. Yeah, you have to. Whether it's you know, you were talking about a spouse. You know, Harry's been, geez, ten years now. 
been my confidant, you know, that anytime I get into deep tofu, you know, I, I, I give Harry a call. And, and so that, that support group is critical. And I think it's hard for women like us to ask for help. Mm. I think it's really hard. I think it's hard. I think it's easy for us to ask for help. I think it's difficult for us to listen. Yes. I, that makes sense. So tell, I tell me more so, about no, that. I agree, I don't quite, I agree with yeah. you 100%. Because Cause I always thought it was us that didn't listen. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, it's probably not a gender thing. It's probably more personality. Um, perfect example. Yesterday on my Facebook page, I posted kind of a little tit for tat with my husband where I'm like, Mel, I need an assistant. You need an assistant. And my husband's like, well, you need some processes and some follow-up plans. Mel, I need an assistant. (laughs) Well, you need to set some goals and then measure how those goals work out and then change things if it's not working out. Mel, I need an assistant. (laughs) You just need to get your together. (laughs) And so I put processes in place and I've been following them for two weeks now. And guess what? You need an assistant. I don't need an assistant. (laughs) I don't. I just needed accountability. You know, I needed a checklist where every day, this is how my business day starts. This is what happens. And if I don't get those done, I don't get to go to that networking event because it's not going to do me any good to meet all those people when I have all of this distraction behind me, for one, and two, can't handle the business that they're going to bring me. And so... I wanted help. I wanted an assistant, but I wasn't listening to the suggestions that would really make the difference. And I think a lot of times that's what we try to do, especially as entrepreneurs, is you know we think we can do it all because we are doing it all. We're the janitor. We're the secretary. We're the accountant. We're the sales and marketing. We're everything behind it. And it's hard to admit that there's something we're not good at yeah. while still accepting the help that we need, even if we do admit it. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. well, it does. It wasn't exactly what I was expecting you would say. Because, it never is. Well, <laughs> I, you, you know, so uh, some of, some of you know that uh, my wife and I uh, this year celebrated our forty fifth anniversary. So congratulations! I've, that is I've had a, a little bit of experience. In, <laughs> in, what are you trying to say? Well, so, so one of the things that I learned is. That, you know, if my wife is, you know, sharing a problem, you know, early on in our marriage, that was, I thought that was an invitation for me to be the problem solver. When, when in fact, no, no. we're all shaking our heads. No. No. You know, she the guys just, are giggling. The women are shaking their heads. <laughs> well, I, I, I learned, you know, that, you know, this was an opportunity to listen. Mm-hmm. and sympathize and, and so forth. So, but that's not what you said that just now. I mean... Well, I think it depends on if you have a business hat on or if you're just having like a relationship hat on okay. with good, someone. Good, you know, it's different going to lunch good point. and just, you know, venting about yeah. this client didn't pay or, oh my gosh, they owe me $720 and they will not answer the phone or their emails. And I see all this stuff on Facebook about how great they're doing and they're in business and I just want to like go shake up. So there's a difference between being at lunch and just sharing that. And then this is critical to my business. Without it, we are not successful. How do we make this work? Because I have to admit that what I am doing is not working. No, yes. And I have all the solutions and I have all the answers and I would not be the owner if I didn't know what to do. Right. Right. Nailed it. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think we can all relate to that because there's a vulnerable vulnerability there. Yeah. Of not having the answers and not being able to fix the problems. Yeah. And it's really hard to hear from the people that care about us the most that we're not doing something right. Right. Well, that's something that we all have in common, I think. Yeah. That I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my wife's actually our project manager slash bulldozer to push me forward on a lot of things. And we have in our calendars, we have set schedule time to meet and go over. Okay. Let's put our work hats on. Let's sit there and let's go through all this stuff. Cause she's the process person. I'm the beautiful face of the company. And, and the, so the opposite relationship yeah. my husband and I have. Yes. And the sparkling yeah. wit on top of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. She's the process person. Like how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So, mm-hmm. okay. We've got this huge project. Break it down in little pieces, little pieces, little pieces. And two weeks later, three weeks later, like, oh, wow, I ate the elephant. Right. You know, you need someone to help you do that. I don't care how smart you are. You know, you will not do this on your own. You need someone to talk to. And sometimes you switch roles too. Mm-hmm. You know, things that I'm being told in my right ear are, you know, coming out when I'm in a meeting with someone and I'm literally just regurgitating exactly what I was told the day before. Yeah. And I look super smart and super knowledgeable to this person because they've never heard this before. And I'm, and I finally admit, I'm just telling you this because I have to practice what I preach. And if yeah. I don't preach the same thing to you, mm-hmm. I will not do it. Right. Yep. And so we're accountability partners mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's, that, that's how it's going to work. Yeah. If your internal process is garbage, how are you supposed to get other people on a process? Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. And, and I think a lot of it, uh, you know, we, we beat ourselves up as business people too, just what you said, right? You, you can't be an expert at everything. And the the other piece of it too is even if you're great at what you do, it doesn't mean that you're going to have a successful business, you know? And that's a, that's another, you know, tough, you know, pill to swallow is that you can do a great job. All your clients can be happy and you could be going under, you know, and, and it's hard for people, any business owner to, to kind of swallow that pill and say, okay, there's luck, there's timing, there's our network, there's economy, there's, you know, there's, there's every environmental factor that, that could impact us. Our job is just, you know, to juggle everything, you know, and try to keep the ball moving in the right direction. And I think that's where the head and the heart kind of fight too, yeah. because sometimes the heart protects you from those really tough red flags. Hey, this isn't working. Hey, you need to do something different. Hey, you need to rethink this, but yet you're so passionate about what you're doing. You're missing those signals. And before you know it, it becomes so personal that if you do have to make a decision to change your business model or close your doors and do something else, it crushes you and it's a grief again. And it's a loss. Yeah. And that is what I'm going through. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's, it's the reality of it, you know? And we, we had this conversation, you know, about Indiana originals and, you know, we're, we're not going under, but if somebody's not doing collections, yeah, you're going to, right. You know, so what's the process for that? You know, you can't just randomly email someone and be like, Hey, I noticed back in April, your card got declined. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that doesn't work. Yeah. So you have to have a process in place, you know? And that's right. when you're having, you know, these serious conversations and when you can just let your heart be a little bit, yeah. you can think clearly and you can make those tough decisions and decide which direction to go. And I'll be the first one to admit I am pure heart. I mean, Indian originals is a passion. I wear this t-shirt every single day. 
Might be the same one. You have no idea. <laughs> That's cool. So you, have, you have a two and a half year old. <laughs> yeah, I have a two and a half. You know right away if it's the same shirt. Usually there's oatmeal or yogurt on it. Somebody's right. by, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. But, you know, it's, it's again, it's that balance of head and heart and making sure that you have the right people around you to not only encourage you and help that success, but also let you know when it's time to move on to something else. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just went through that and we moved in January from our original location, which was awesome. And we thought, you know, we rushed it and moved too fast. And that new location caused us to close our doors because it was not, I mean, our traffic went down to half of what it was. Um, my husband's been by my side through this whole thing. We've been married 26 years, but at that moment, that day that I had to admit to myself that, hey, you need to step back, rethink Jen Daisy, what Jen Daisy's about, and just go off of the storefront for a while and go online. But it was, it was like I was losing a loved one, you know, closing that door because then I felt like I was letting all of my girls down, all of my Daisy girls down. Mm-hmm. And now they just come to my house, but <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, oh, but, but, but people look at it as you are failing and I wasn't failing. I was redirecting what we were going to do and how we're going to do it. And we will be back into a storefront. It'll just be different. And if there's anything Indianapolis is really good at, it's rebuilding. Yeah. So let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Somebody important somewhere is always in a rebuilding period. And just because we're a small business owner, it doesn't make us any different. Yeah. Right? Yes. We don't give enough, you know. I mean, Harry runs the Failure Institute, and which is coming up, by the way, which right? Coming up a week from tomorrow. A week from tomorrow. Yeah. I got my ticket. Excellent. I think What's I the got date? my ticket. It is the twenty seventh, I believe. Is the is it, do I have that right? Twenty seventh or twenty ninth? Week a week yeah. from tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and I think it's it's one of those things that's really critical. You know that. Indi- I'm going to make a basic statement that might be wrong, but I really feel like Indianapolis frowns on failure too, too much, you know, and that's that, that we, we need to celebrate failure more. We need to understand that that's part of the process of building a great business is, you know, sometimes blowing it out of the water and, <laughs> you know, and it, it is, you know. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm hearing Jen's story over here, a great, you know, classic, story of learning from failure yeah. and not letting it, you know, um, destroy you. And, and, you know, in the very same way you were talking about clothing and, you know, your, your body image and so forth, you, you know, failure is an event. It's not you, it's not your person and, and, you know, healthy thinking about that. Yeah. We don't do that enough though. We, no, we don't, we don't, we don't give to each other. Like yeah. We should. Well, it's, it's even, I, you know, I, I share openly 2012, you know, when we had a, we had a terrible year and I had to lay off lot and lay off everybody. And, and you can, you can kind of see it on people's faces when I tell that they're like, Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, I, yeah, it sucked. Mm-hmm. But I also figured out how to get better clients. I also figured out how to price my stuff better. I also figured out, you know, how to dig out, you know, there was a lot of things that I, you know, I could have just as easily claimed bankruptcy, closed the doors, you know, and, and went back to work somewhere, you know. And so I'm thankful 
you know, God forbid. I'm thankful that I went through it. It was terrible, but I, you know, I'm a lot better off for it. And I, and I don't think we talk about those things enough. We just don't. Right. And I, and I, and I'm, I don't care. I don't care. That's, that's a good thing about being 49. I just don't give a crap what people think about me, you know? Well, you think I'm a failure? Fine. I don't care. I think, I think with that, one of the hardest things that I had was that another boutique in Indianapolis, Call me and say, "Oh, we're so sad you're closing, but can we buy your hangers?" I'm giving the eye roll, you but I did not. <laughs> but I was like, "I'm not selling them because I'm not going anywhere." <laughs> yeah, nice. So the failure institute is the 27th, okay, and uh, eight o'clock. The Well Community out in Brownsburg. And uh, you can go online, uh, thefailureinstitute.org, and register for a free ticket. I'd recommend everybody do that. So, you know, the one thing I didn't hear at this table, which is pretty awesome, I didn't hear any of you say you regretted the decision that you made. Hell, hell no. <laughs> no. You can say hell. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not no. today. <laughs> no. No, because I think in your journey in your life, and I believe that, you know, with me, it's like God has a plan. He has an awesome plan for me. And, you know, I love what I do. Yeah. And I don't regret walking away from, you know, a 13-year career. And and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make another assumption just because it was with me too. Um, you're not making as much as you were then. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right? Definitely. No. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make more one day. So the benefits are huge. But, but I mean, I think that's such a critical lesson for people listening is that there's people right now that are miserable, that are, maybe they're listening to this on their way to their miserable job, you know, but it's that paycheck that it's that safety trap that keeps them coming back. Well, it keeps them stuck in misery. Yeah. I mean, it's the handcuffs. Yeah. And, and, and I, I know how hard it is, especially if you have kids and healthcare and, you know, everything else to walk away from that. But the, you know, the, the message here that's incredible is it was worth it. It was worth walking away from. I think one thing that every entrepreneur has in common is that they all want to be in control of their own destiny. Yeah. Yeah. And you will never have that if you are working for someone else. Yeah. And so whether that is you take a job at a greenhouse and you're happy, you're not living the corporate life, you go and you clock in your hours and you live within your means and you do whatever you need to do to be happy, that's awesome. Yes. You start 16 businesses and your 17th one actually is successful. That's huge. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, being in control of your own destiny is the most empowering feeling in the world. And even though, you know, I still have another job, it's part-time, but you know, I still work in radio and I still have three bosses that I answer to, Mm -hmm. but it's a completely different dynamic now because I don't necessarily need them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know that whatever I'm so going to do is going – and maybe it might not be Indiana Originals. You right. know, maybe it's something – I mean maybe somebody wants to come buy Indiana Originals and it's a really good deal and I'm not the owner anymore. That's very possible. Right. Or maybe it goes belly up because everyone decides they don't care about local anymore or some horrible reputation is given to Indiana and everybody doesn't want branding anymore. <laughs> I don't know. It could be lots of or different things. you win things. the lottery. You know? <laughs> it could be lots of different Oh, I've, I've got – I have plans if we win the lottery for Indiana Originals. <laughs> Fresh off ticket will. Yeah, one day, one day. Yeah. But 
knowing that you are in control of your own destiny is the most empowering feeling in the world. And that is something that every entrepreneur has in common. And once you get that in you, it cannot be taken away. Yeah. Can't be taken away. Fantastic. These are good messages. We always like to close with self-promotion. Um, so, uh, maybe start with Steph to my right, um, tell people where to go online, how to join, uh, and what's next. Okay. Um, you can find fatherless daughters at, um, fatherlessdaughters.org on the website. Um, you can find us on Facebook. We're fatherless daughters, um, just fatherless daughters, not fatherless daughters of America, but fatherless daughters on Facebook. And we're also on Instagram. It's fatherless daughters. Um, if you are interested, if you've lost your dad and you want to take the conversation, maybe not on Facebook and more to a private thing. Um, I do have a members forum that you can join, um, that, you know, you can be a little bit more private, but nice. I appreciate you having me on, Doug. Ah, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. And we're going to see more of you here. Hell yeah, I'm going to be here every week. I got you listed as a host. So. I told you, I was like, I'm going to be here every week. I'm going to be telling everybody. And he's like, come on. I'm like, okay. You say that, I'm really going to be here. <laughs> Jen? Uh, you can find us on www.jendaisy.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. What else is there? I'm probably on it. Twitter. Stephanie and, makes me and, quit. And tweet, spell tweet. that spell that domain for folks. <laughs> it's J-E-N-D-A-I-S-Y. It's Jen and the Flower Daisy. Fantastic. You can find us at indianaoriginals.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Google Plus and LinkedIn and Pinterest. And you can watch for us on Wish TV8's Indie Style and on Fox 59 and Sunday mornings at 1045 on WIBC. We feature a different member every weekend. Fantastic. See, I want to do that. If I could make an observation, you know, we've had a number of these podcasts, but I, I feel as though there's been a level of transparency and, and vulnerability today that, you know, we haven't seen before. And I, I appreciate that Thank from you. each and of I you. And I didn't even share my story about crying when I couldn't fit in my jeans. So. <laughs> hey, we I'll all have that one, you. I think. I'll be here for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Harry. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining this week. This is another fantastic show. Thank you so much. Really made it special. So, uh, of course, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, Give us a review if you can. I would really appreciate that, especially this. You know, we love after each show, you know, right away. Think about it. And if you like the show, please go give us a review somewhere. That always helps us get more visibility and more followers and more subscribers. So uh, that's it for me, Doug Carr. And Ryan Grimes here again. Give us only good reviews. We don't like the bad ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like bad reviews. <laughs> and we'll find here- you. Seriously, tell your friends about us. You know, if you want to be on the show, hit us up. You know, we love having local guests on. And um, Harry? Yeah, Harry Howe, and you can find me at Howe Leadership, and I invite you to join us for the Failure Institute on the 27th, 8 to 9.30. Bye, everybody. If you're an Indianapolis business and would like to be on Off the Circle, contact us at offthecircle.com. Off the Circle is recorded at DK New Media's State-of-the-Art Studio, the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis.